Manual transmissions versus automatic transmission. It's a long-standing debate in the trucking industry, and in this episode, we're going to settle it. I'll give you a look behind the scenes so you know why things change, why things happen, and what you need to know. Hello, I'm Andrew Winkler, and this is Driven Too Far, the truth about trucking, a podcast that helps over-the-road truck drivers balance career and family. One of the things I intended to do with this podcast was give drivers a peek behind the scenes of what goes on in the trucking company and the decisions that get made. I know things change in the industry, and many times there's no explanation of why things are changing. There's certainly been a mass migration to automatic transmissions in the industry over the last five years, and I thought it was worthy of some explanation of why so many trucking companies are actually going to the automated manuals versus sticking with the standard transmissions. First off, the automated transmissions mimic what the best drivers can do with the manual transmission. There's no doubt there's some spectacularly talented drivers out there that have mastered the manual transmission. But there's also a lot of entry-level drivers in the industry that really have never been exposed to what manual transitions are. So when you think back, at least in my days, I'm thinking uh, when I was 15 with my permit, uh, my dad had a manual transmission in his car, and he was bound and determined that I was not going to be able to drive the automatic family car until I mastered the manual transmission. And in our case in Omaha, we had a hill with the stoplight, and that was kind of my passing grade, if you will. If I could get up the hill on a red light without rolling back into the car behind me, then I had I had mastered the, the manual transmission, and then I was okay to drive either or. But you got to think that was nearly 30 years ago or more, and a lot of the drivers that are coming in the industry today, they don't even know what a manual transmission is. They've never been exposed to it. Replicating the best drivers through automated transmission, it does a lot of things for the fleet. And this is kind of the thought process uh, behind the scenes of what's going on is should we spec an automatic, should we, should we spec a manual transmission? But there's a lot of reasons why companies have moved to the automated transmission. One of those is lower maintenance costs. When you think about some of the things that go into a manual transmission, if something's gone wrong and that transmission needs attention, the technician really has to tear down the manual transmission to even see what's going on inside of that. With today's automated transmissions, uh, it's more like a plug and play type thing where they plug the computer into the transmission and it can tell you what's going on, what malfunctioned inside. So from a time saving factor, the automatics uh, are really a time saver when it comes to diagnosis for the shop. You know, years ago, probably 10 years back or so, when uh, the DPF filters and things started coming into play, there was a group of trucks, uh, and I want to say like 2008s, uh, 2009, something like that. They were really kind of a hot mess. And one of the things the fleet I was working for at the time, they had enough forward vision to say, you know, they don't have these things right yet. So they went ahead and built a whole bunch of glider kits. And if you don't know what a glider kit is, it's essentially uh, taking a brand new frame and chassis and cab, and they put an old rebuilt in the our case, it was a Detroit 60 series engine in it to kind of bypass the new technology with the, the DEF systems and stuff. 
One of the issues I distinctly remember with that group of trucks was they were all manual transmission trucks. And for whatever reason, we had an awful time of twisting drive lines off and snapping drive lines with that group of trucks. And it was because the transmission was different uh, for each driver that we were bringing on. And they had to learn how to drive that particular manual transmission. And if they didn't start off in the right gear and the truck was loaded, it was nothing to snap the drive line in half. Then you've got a truck that's down for a couple days, you're looking for parts, when you think about the automatic transmissions, you don't have any of those issues. There's no learning curve, if you will, for the driver to figure out the new transmission. So when you're thinking about the manuals, uh, when I started, it was a Super 10. That was the, the transmission that we had. There was nine speeds, uh, 10 speeds, 13s, 18s, and you know all that stuff. But there's a learning curve to master each one of those and how you shift the gears, how you float the gears how you downshift and all that thing. You don't have to do that with automatics. There's a very short learning curve with that where you can place just about any professional driver behind the wheel and they can drive that truck. The mass migration to automatic transmissions happened around 2017. When you go back and you look at the figures in the industry, it jumped from about 30% of the trucks on the road were automatics to almost 70% were automatics about five years ago. If you're like me and you've been in the industry long enough and you remember some of the first attempts at automatic transmissions, and I'm talking back in the, the mid-2000s, uh, they were horrible. And I distinctly remember we had some that had a clutch pedal in it, and you use the clutch pedal to start and stop the truck, but once you got the truck rolling, the automated transmission took over and it would shift its own gears. The problem with these things is they would frequently get stuck in between gears and there was nothing you could do as a driver on the road to get that to get that thing fixed and roll it again. It always required a tow into a shop to get it fixed. Eaton Cummins reports that their orders for automated transmissions is now around 80%. Uh, Volvo says their automatic transmission with their trucks and their engines is above 93%. And even Daimler, who kind of started the modern revolution for automated manuals, says their orders are 90% above. And even some of that information is probably a little bit dated. It could be higher now. I know when we spec trucks and we talk to some of the OEMs, uh, they're saying the numbers are as high as 98% of today's trucks that come off the factory line are automated manual transmissions. So I promised to talk a little bit about why companies spec the automated over a manual transmission. So let's make the business case for it. Let's dive into that just a little bit. First of all, there's a fuel mileage improvement with the automated transmissions. Now you can make the argument if you're a long time driver, been in the profession for a long time, uh, maybe you can get maximum fuel mileage out of your vehicle with a manual transmission. And there's certainly a lot of people that, that are capable and can do that. But even on the small side, if we can improve our fuel mileage with an automatic transmission uh, 2 to 3%, and let's say that particular truck runs 100,000 miles a year, we're talking about a $2,500 savings in fuel, which doesn't sound like a lot. But when you start to multiply that by the number of trucks in the fleet, you're running a 100-truck fleet, all of a sudden you're talking about an annual savings in fuel of $250,000. 
So is it worth chasing that type of savings if you're running a larger fleet? And absolutely it is. Now, if we expand on that, and let's just say we could get a mile per gallon better fuel economy with an automated over a manual, and we're running 100 trucks, then you're talking upwards of a million dollar savings in the course of a year. So you're absolutely going to change that. So that's just one of the uh, the reasons that some of the larger fleets today are, are solely specking automatic transmissions. Along with the idea of lower maintenance costs, you have to understand that the automated transmission weighs less overall. The, uh, the engine itself and the transmission in a lot of cases are now manufactured by the same person. So Detroit Diesel, you might have a DD15 in your Freightliner. It now comes with a DD12 transmission. Uh, those two components were built by the same people, so they talk. And when I think about trying to get different components talking, maybe one you can relate to is uh, I, I use a Windows-based computer at work. Uh, I happen to carry an Apple iPhone, and the, the two of them just they don't match up. Uh, but if you were to go to a Mac computer or maybe an iPad and you have an iPhone, then all of a sudden these things start working seamlessly together and what an improvement that is. So that's the kind of technology we're experiencing with the trucks when you start to pair the engine, the transmission, and the rear ends all by the same manufacturer, suddenly thing, good things start to happen. The automated transmissions are certainly less work and I'm sure you've heard a lot of the arguments uh, over the years, specifically when we were trying to convince a lot of drivers that, hey, it was okay to move to an automatic transmission. It's okay to give up that stick shift. Uh, they would throw up every argument they could think of and reasons why not to change. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it, you're, you're not as fatigued. You think about uh, rolling across I-80 in lower Chicago. Uh, if you do that on a regular basis, that start and stop type traffic all the time. And if you're you're busy pushing in that, that clutch with your left leg all the time, it does get exhausting. You're constantly start, stop, grabbing gears, doing all those things. But if you switch to an automatic, then then you can certainly just roll through those with, with minimal effort. I'd mentioned earlier talking about, you know, my days in the manual transmissions, but today's student that's coming through the driving schools or you think of Gen Z, and again, these people haven't ever been exposed to manual transmission. They probably scratch their head a little bit and wonder why. I had a I had a funny story with my son, who's uh, 24 years old, and uh, had to expose him to a, a three-speed, a three-on-the-tree car. I think it was a maybe a 66 Bronco or something like that. And he looked at me and he goes, what in the world is that? Who thought of that dumb idea with the three on the tree? And I just had to laugh. He's he's absolutely right. You know, it was a crazy thing, but that's where technology has brought us. It's taken us from things like that to where we are today. And the technology is so much more improved. One of the things that's flipped here just in the last few years too is now the automatics actually bring a higher resale value to used trucks. And you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily think that way, but here again, you've got a truck that's on the used market. If you're a company buying a used truck, you don't necessarily know who you're gonna put in that truck, what the next driver's gonna look like. Or if you have any kind of turnover in your fleet, you may have several drivers in that truck over its lifetime. And the automatic's the easy way, the guarantee, to make sure that whoever you end up hiring is capable of operating that truck with little or no training. 
So why do we resist change anyway? Believe me, I've heard all the arguments over the years, again, why uh, manuals are superior and, and drivers aren't going to drive uh, an automatic truck. And it doesn't stop with transmissions. It's uh, when you think about the technology that we've had to adapt to over the years in transportation, when you start to think about the safety devices on the truck, the automatic braking, the collision avoidance systems, lane departure, uh, we've got a lot thrown at us over the years as technology keeps growing and growing. Usually the excuses I hear from the veteran drivers of why they want to stay with the manual is it really comes down to control. They feel like they have better control over the vehicle. Uh, when they're in that manual, they can select the gear. It's not some dumb computer under the dash doing it for you that doesn't know anything. Uh, maybe it's icy roads or a muddy terrain if you're going into a job site. But I would be the first to tell you we run a high percentage of autos in our fleet, and we're flatbed carrier. We're on job sites all the time, and we don't get calls for towouts. Our trucks are not getting stuck with the automatics. The only time I recall really getting calls for a, a tow service is when somebody took a wrong turn down a minimum maintenance road and, and was somewhere where they shouldn't have been in the first place. And it wouldn't have mattered what the transmission was. They simply weren't getting out of there with a little help. You know, the resistance of change, I think a lot of times just comes down to a loss of control for the individual. Um, you've developed a certain comfort zone, uh, you're, you're good where you're at, and then all of a sudden somebody springs something on you, and now you're you're forced to pivot, and you're just not really sure how to deal with that as a person. It's like somebody's taking away something you've known for so long, something you've grown up in the industry and doing, and it's just a natural thing to, to push back a little bit and say, I, I'm, I'm not gonna do that. And essentially it's because it's taken away your autonomy, your your ability to choose, and they're, they're really kind of springing it on you. So one of the things we have to do as leaders whenever we introduce change to uh, our team, again, whether it's a transmission or some other kind of new tech, is we have to give them time to get used to the idea. We have to give them time. Uh, we need to present it to them, explain it to them why we're making the change and how we came to this decision. And I think as a leader, that's that's probably, at least in my past, where I've fallen short a few times, and it took me a, a while to realize the things and the steps that I needed to take to help my team better understand why we're going where we're going and why we've chosen this particular path. So if I can introduce it, if I can get some feedback from those people that are going to use the new technology every day, uh, and then encourage those people to talk to some of the other drivers that maybe have some fears in the fleet about a certain certain change. And, and this, again, this didn't happen just with transmissions. You think about, you know, we've, we've gone through e-logs and DOT regulation changes and all those things. It's hard. We This is the one industry that I feel like they're just constantly throwing curveballs at us. And just when we get everybody trained up and used to, you know, logging or using a certain device a certain way, then all of a sudden they're going to throw a new regulation at us that, that changes the rules totally. And we all have to learn all over again. It, it's a little bit exhausting, to be honest with you. Sometimes the threat is real when we talk about change. And that's probably one of the reasons it's it's very scary to people is what's going to be the end result of that change? Is somebody going to lose their job uh, over this change or this advancement in technology? Those things do happen. So again, as a leader, 
uh, if you're a leader in a trucking company or any business for that matter, you have to consider those things of the perception from the person that's absorbing the change. Uh, think about what it's like to be in their shoes. How are they going to interpret this? So again, you got to be really cautious about how you approach change going forward. I know if my boss uh, sprung a change on me or he said, all of a sudden we're going to go a different direction with this particular topic, um, it might it might make me feel as an individual like my efforts weren't good enough. You know, why did all of a sudden they have to go a different direction? Um, so again, we've got to think about how it's impacting the, the individual person. It would be typical for people to express uh, some skepticism if they really feel like whatever you're introducing, the new technology, is it really an improvement over what we currently have or are we just investing in technology to, to try to keep up with everybody else? When you run into the skepticism, I think deep down those people are really concerned about their own competence and their own abilities and am I needed? So they're starting to question things inside of themselves. As a leader, we really need to overinvest in the reassurance of why things are changing, the education of why they're changing. By definition, change is a departure from the past. So again, as a, a leader in whatever business you're in, you, you should probably take the time to celebrate the past before you introduce the change. So make sure those people don't feel isolated and they maybe they don't understand why things, the need for the change. But make sure they know that their past efforts are greatly appreciated. You did everything you were supposed to do. Now we've just been introduced some, to some new technology that's going to improve our business going down the road and help us with it, get on board with it. This is why we're making that change. I think that's probably where we fail as leaders in the trucking industry is, again, we just don't communicate with our drivers enough to make sure that they understand uh, why the change is necessary, and that we appreciate their past efforts. It seems like the government's uh, consistently always trying to close up some loopholes when you think about some of the change that's happened in our industry uh, over the last 20 years. We've gone to e-logs, we've done a lot of different stuff. Well, yes, the e-logs make things a lot simpler, but I think the driving change behind a lot of that years ago was you know what, we as drivers, we cheated on those paper logs. We weren't honest and true. So the regulators out there that oversee our business, they're constantly looking for ways to close those loopholes. So just understand in some, way, in some ways we've created the need for change ourselves by not playing by the rules. Uh, a couple years ago, the drug and alcohol clearinghouse was introduced and that was kind of a shocker to the system. All of a sudden, every CDL driver needed to now go through this clearinghouse process where if all your previous employers have to report if you've ever had a drug or alcohol uh, issue, and that way if you applied to a new job uh, as, a, as a future employer, we had to go run your records through the clearinghouse and see what your history said. And I thought what was interesting that first year when that came out, it said it pushed 40,000 drivers out of the industry or affected 40,000 drivers just in the first year. Well, that tells you right there how many drivers were slipping through the cracks, maybe had some kind of past uh, with a drug or alcohol uh, issue, 
but were still able to get that next trucking job and that next trucking job. So they were slipping through the cracks in the system and allowed to stay in it. And the clearinghouse uh, changed that for a lot of people. They're always complaining. What's interesting is they're always complaining about uh, a shortage of drivers in our industry. And if you'd go back and look at all the regulation changes year after year after year, uh, we're pushing drivers out just by the change in the regulations constantly. So it's like we create our own issues. Hey, there's a lot of future tech on the horizon. And so uh, change is never going to stop. We know that. We think about truck electrification. That's the big one right now. Uh, are we going to be able to go to electric trucks uh, with class eights? I'm not so sure. You know, I have my own arguments there and, and ideas of why it it's at least not gonna work right now. We've got a long ways to go. Let's say that with infrastructure and things like that. But nevertheless, I know the change is coming and whether it's uh, electric or hydrogen or some other kind of alternate fuel, I am sure there's more changes down the road and these will be big ones. I start to think about, you know, we run a 75 truck fleet, uh, all of a sudden having to start replace all these trucks in the fleet with something different. And not only that is, how do you service this new stuff, right? Who's gonna do the training for our technicians? How does that happen? Where do you go to school for that? To my knowledge, it doesn't exist yet. So the idea that you know the government's kind of pushing us that way, I understand the reason behind it. Uh, I just think they're pushing a little too hard, a little too fast. Understand that technology is gonna keep moving forward and change is gonna keep happening in the industry, whether you have buy-in or you don't. Your objection to the change and the pushback might just make you obsolete quicker than you'd like to be. So I think my message is really just relax. Just relax a little bit before you throw up an objection to the next change that's around the corner. I'm gonna tell you, you're perfectly capable of getting through that. But it is important that we understand the reason behind those changes. So don't be afraid to have some conversations with your company, uh, somebody you trust in the company, or maybe go right to the leadership and say, I need more information. I'm gonna try to get on board with some of this and I understand the need for change, uh, but can you help me understand it from your point of view? I always think about uh, changes, is your resistance to change, is it, is it an emotional response? or is it more a factual-based response? And I think, at least in my case, when I've been uh, opposed to change, it's probably been more emotional than anything because it's it's taking me out of my comfort zone. Uh, I'm good where I'm at. I don't wanna do something different and new because now I have to learn something all over again. And I think that's where most drivers are at. You know, when we went from the manual to the automated transmissions, there's still a few holdouts out there. Uh, I talked to our recruiter just this week and. Um, I says, you know, we typically order a handful of manuals each year along with mostly automatics. And I'm starting to question the need for do that because I look at the numbers all day long and I know the automatics, uh, they do get better fuel mileage. The maintenance is cheaper on them. So our cost of ownership as a company, it's a better move for us to go all automatic. But what I wanted to understand from the recruiter was, how many drivers are really still requesting or demanding manual transmissions? And she told me just this week, she says, I actually had two drivers in the last month that were high quality drivers 
um, at least on paper, you know, somebody that we were actively trying to recruit, and I couldn't promise them a manual transmission when they got here for orientation, so they they bailed, they jumped, uh, they would not commit. So, to some, it is still a big deal, and I try to recognize that every year when we sit down and order trucks. Uh, I would like to honor that because I know there's a lot of good drivers out there that still really want and demand the manuals. But at some point, they are going to go away, and the OEMs will even tell you that. With only 2% of the trucks being ordered these days being manuals, it's a dying breed for sure. When I get some pushback from drivers uh, on whatever it is, maybe they don't understand the need for something. you know, one of the things I always ask him, I said, show me your bag phone. They're like, what? I said, show me your bag phone. I don't have a bag phone. I got a smartphone. So it's like, oh, so you do adapt to some new technology. So it's just understand that it, it's, it is a personal choice, and, and I will respect that, and I totally understand that. But when you have to reflect, when you have to look in the mirror and think about your reaction to something changing, is it an emotional one? because of the comfort or is it a factual one and more often than not it's going to be an emotional response that you're having to something so my advice even what i do myself is before i react to something i take 24 off i think about it i chill out a little bit Uh, usually my reaction tomorrow is a lot different than it would have been in the moment so that's a great practice something to think about when you get hit uh, with one of those curveballs coming at you don't forget that letting go of the past is is a step forward. It's something you absolutely can do. Don't forget that letting go of the past is is a step forward. It's something you absolutely can do. The past in our industry and how you have been able to adapt and evolve. Uh, by the way, they make great stories, don't they? Think of think of our industry hadn't changed depending on how long you've been in it. If you're a twenty or thirty year veteran. Uh, and you started back in the the 90s or maybe even before that, geez, our our technology's come a long way. And and to be honest with you, uh, the trucks are so much better. They're so much more comfortable. There's so much to celebrate with the change in in technology. I think it's I think it's worth your time to just step back and think about it and appreciate where we've gone, and and honor the past where we came from as well. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. We have more on today's topic and resources for you in the show notes. Subscribe now so you never miss an episode of Driven Too Far, The Truth About Trucking.